If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. But the teachers are alive. They're not books. They are the very living essences of nature itself. Unbelievably powerful supercomputer that's running our reality, and we don't have a clue as to how to operate it. So when maybe you or somebody else creates an AGI system, and you get to ask her one question, what would that question be? What's outside the simulation? Digital broadcasting. Thank you for listening to the show wherever you're listening from. Hopefully, you're listening on the Fringe FM app or Talk Stream Live or the Paranormal Radio app or tune in. We also I haven't mentioned this in a long time, but for some reason, if you don't have uh, data, we also have a call to listen line at 701 719 3971. That's the Talk Stream Live number. Our call-in number for tonight, if you want to call into the show, is 
1-800-588-0335. And you can visit the show website at lightingthevoid.com. Sign up, become a member, make a donation. Uh, if you can, make a donation to the station to help out. Check out the roster, check out the new shows. And uh, we're just having a blast, man. We're kicking off the spring and summer here. And uh, I want to thank Juan Ayala for coming on last night. We started talking about you know, Jack Parsons. And I, I want to continue that conversation, too, a little bit more. It's such a deep subject. Or, the par- or Jack Parsons got me watching Strange Angel again. But tonight we have a very special guest who's going to be on with us. Sean Graham is here from Chasing the Truth. And there's a show that airs on Dark Waters Radio as well as syndicated with us here at Fringe FM on Saturday nights. And he's been doing the radio show for quite some time now. And it's a fascinating show. It's a lot of storytelling. It's fun Saturday nights. People call in. You can also uh, grab it on YouTube. And uh, we love having Sean here on the network. But Sean has been on the show. It's been a while, but he's had a near-death experience. And I don't think I got to talk to him about this last time, but... uh, I've not talked to a lot of guests about that, but we know as a near-death experience is... Supposedly a profound personal experience associated with impending death or or when we die and researchers claim that a lot of people have the same characteristics uh, that happen. Like they feel like they detach from their body or they feel uh, maybe like they're levitating or there's serenity or warmth or even terror sometimes. So tonight I want to hear uh, Sean's story. So thanks for coming on the show, Sean. It's good to have you, brother. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, I, I, love, back. I love having you on the network, too, man. To have a cool Saturday night call-in show like that is really, it's really fun, you know, honestly. Because you oh, get the phones man, ringing. It. I don't know how you do it, bro, but you get the phones ringing, and I love it. Oh, man. I Well, when I first started doing it, I dreaded open lines, unscreened open lines, and then all of a sudden, it's like, I love doing it. You never know when you pick that that phone up who's calling. Unless uh, I recognize the number, I get a frequent frequent flyer caller. Yeah, out, you know, outside of that, I've got some crazy s- stories out of that over the years. I've been doing this for from, well, over four years now. Four years, and, uh, yeah. From a maybe an abduction within twenty four hours, and a abduction over in North Carolina, High Point, North Carolina. Got one uh, one night. This guy called in and said that he was driving. Uh, from the gas station and then he saw this bright light and then he wakes up behind the willow car still driving 40 miles uh, down the road and two hours later without any uh, tick off the odometer or missing gas really and he called yeah within 23 hours he's calling my show that's crazy and, man. Uh, yeah then uh same north carolina different guy uh his name was levi uh he was telling me that he was uh out on his uh work property with his girlfriend then girlfriend winds up uh you know shooting the breeze with a girlfriend all of a sudden they hear this baby crying in the middle of the night where there shouldn't be a baby crying so like in the woods or something yeah back in the woods so he gets up from the fire pit wherever they were at Walks over and he spoops these two Sasquatch with a baby, what? and uh, scares the yeah scares the living crap out of me. Now, what got me on this story that says okay, 
he tells his story the next day. Apparently, this was a uh, a something had to do with TNG, Next Generation Star Trek. Uh, they worked on the uh, Star Trek models and stuff there in North Carolina. He comes back, tells the story the next day. He gets fired for it. Wow. Well, that sucks. Yeah. That's probably why people don't tell their stories or they don't feel comfortable about telling their stories. You know, I mean, whatever. Like, if I can't see firing somebody for that, that's so stupid. Uh, I've had plenty of people that uh, have contacted me offline saying, I'll tell you this story, but I won't be on the, on the radio whatsoever because everybody will think I'm crazy. Yeah. I've gotten several of those. Yeah, for sure. But so here's the thing. Like if you guys, you got to listen to this. You can go back and listen to the archives too. Most of your shows are on YouTube, right? Like, oh, yeah. this is what, I mean, you and I are kind of into the same thing. Like everybody's got their style of radio shows. Uh, but me, you and I, Michael Strange, like we, I love the calling stuff, man. I just get to ranting so much. I don't, I think people don't want to call, you know, but you're really good at it. Like, if you guys love a call-in show, you got to check out the Saturday night show here, too, you know. Oh, man. Well, the the thing of it that got me so nervous was if you got some trolls or something calls in. I oh, love yeah. those. I love them. And I, every once in a while, I'll get one that will uh, call in and, and say, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. And I'll get the second go around and say, oh, I remember, I remember this. Block this person. You know, kind of, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Uh kind of slows down the rhythm a little bit, but it takes about 30 to 45 minutes to get the calls rolling in. And after that, it's just one right after another. Yeah. Yeah. So what, so here's the, all right. So let's get down to it. I, last time I talked to you, I don't think we, I know you mentioned that you had a near death experience, but I don't think we really got into it in detail. So you got to tell me like, just start me from the beginning here because I got some questions about this because I'm I'm so fascinated with what happens like after we die for some reason. I can't I think about it all the time. Well, uh, let's see, 68 days ago, I started writing about my near death experience. And I can honestly tell you, I probably will be writing until the day I die about it. I had such a robust, extraordinarily. uh, I spent lifetimes there lifetimes when i woke up uh a nine days later in a different hospital i what happened was on november 27 2015 i was in a car wreck seven days earlier and this was the day after thanksgiving um i wound up with necrotizing fasciitis in my left leg so wait a minute so you got in a car wreck before or after Thanksgiving in 2015? Before. Before. Before Seven days before. Okay. Yeah, before Thanksgiving. It was my fault. I was drunk driving, uh, which I do not drive anymore. It's did you get Did you get a ticket? Did you get a DUI? <laughs> oh, yeah. I got a DUI and had to spend seven days in jail and went through the whole gambit of two two years of uh, supervised, uh, you know, I was under supervision for two years, went through all that, paid all my fit. And, you know, I, I paid mm-hmm. all my dues and stuff, junk like Every, that. So I've everybody got, thinks drunk driving is fun until they get nailed with DUIs and their life starts to change. Right. So, uh, I can honestly tell you, my life has changed dramatically, <laughs> you know, lo- losing, uh, most of my left leg because of it. 
Yeah. Oh, hell, I would have, you know, I would have took that drunk driving and, you know, even if I had to spend more time in jail, keep my left leg. Yeah, I would have done that. So when you, did you hit someone? Did you drive off in the ditch? Like what happened? Uh, here's the, here's the weird thing is that there was an intersection, um, that I kept seeing something happen there for years and years and years. I was like, something's going to happen here. I just get flashes of, oh, of deja vu. Yeah, deja vu for years. And that was the same intersection where, you know, I cut across the lane of traffic and I, I hit somebody, but that somebody, you know, yeah, didn't get hurt bad at all. Thank God. That's I good. was the one. I, yeah, yeah. Thank God for that. Uh, I was the one with the lion's share of the uh, trauma. You know, obviously, the left leg and all that kind of junk. But yeah, the for years and years, you know, I would drive home, and uh, that was the intersection I'd drive home from work to, you know, through to get to my house. And I would see, you know, flashes of there's something going to happen here. Mm. I'll be damned if that uh, wasn't the intersection where I had this this wreck that I caused. And I so, said this on my, on my show for years and years. So, so did you did you uh, have the near death experience like directly after the wreck or in the hospital? No, uh, let's see. Once I seven days later, I wound up in the hospital in the emergency room, and a doctor that I've known for um, years. Uh, he looked at me. and said, "Well, I have to take that left leg, Sean." Oh man! He said you got a yeah. He said you got a thirty to forty percent chance of surviving the surgery. And then he pushed drugs on me, and he said, "You got a name? Who's going to be you know?" who's going to be your managing your uh, medical care. So that had to have been like the worst news you could ever get at the time. Like I'm, I'm going to lose a leg. Are you serious? You know, well, if you saw my, uh, uh, I'll have to send you a picture of what the leg looked like. You, you'll probably go, what? Shit. <laughs> Excuse my language. No, it's all but, right. uh, yeah. So, uh, the leg looked like Freddy Krueger got hold up. Oh my God. Uh, I have written excl- uh, at great detail of what I remembered about that. I could remember uh, putting my left leg up on the stretcher and the thing just pops open. Okay. So this is yeah. all before you had the NDE. Right. This so all you, have to, had to me, you have to be going through some emotional stuff at this point, though, I would think. Well, I was, uh, well, I was in a lot of pain and yeah. obviously, you know, I was in a, I guess, systemic uh, shutdown from having multiple infections. Mm. Uh, the, the necrotizing fasciitis, which is a flesh-eating uh, disease, plus whatever else you know was you know piggybacking on top of that. Okay. So I was, you know, I can barely remember some of that day. You know, I can remember calling my sister and saying, "Hey." <laughs> <laughs> don't look that great. <laughs> so did you, yeah. you got an infection? Is that what caused you to go under or almost pass away? Well, it started out to uh, my left leg or left shin right below my knee was stuck up underneath the dashboard. And I physically had to hit uh, my left knee to get it out from underneath the dashboard. And I could really hardly walk on it. Didn't break it or anything. Went to the emergency room then had a big old, honking bruise on the on that shin 
Yeah. And that, yeah, that turned out to, you know, I got an infection somewhere with the flesh eating bug. And uh, the physician said, this is going to get a lot worse before it gets better. Yeah, just looking at it, it was deep bruise and had, you know, went through the, the gambit of, you know, is it broken or is anything wrong with it other than a bruise? And apparently it was just a bruise, a really deep bruise. And I kept that in my mind. You know, for the first few days I spent with my brother, uh, and then you know, I went home after that. As soon as I got home, I could, you know, kind of hobble around on the leg, but it got worse and worse to the point I couldn't stand on it. And then at that time, I had time, to go back to the hospital. Yeah. You know, the infection got so bad um, that, uh, you know, I I can honestly tell you, I probably wasn't in, the, in any kind of uh, decision-making health from the infection because it was just so bad. Now, can I ask you a dumb question? Sure. Are you still drinking now? No, I hadn't touched a drop since uh, the 20, 20th of okay, November, well, 2015. I don't know why. That's probably the worst question I could ask you right now, but it just popped up in my care. head. Like, yeah, you no, know. no, no. So, Actually, I think about drinking and I get nauseated. I would too after that, but. You know, stuff happens, man. And this is, I think this is kind of, do you feel like before you get into the NDE, do you feel like this was like a life-changing experience that needed to happen maybe to wake you up from something? Or do you, do you feel like it was destined? Because we all get those feelings sometimes, you know. Uh, well, That's I look at it from the point of, I, I look at it from the point of view, God said, hey, you ain't paying attention to me now. I'm going to have to do something that you really will pay attention to. And it took a leg to do it. So there you go. Well, Was it destined to do it? Uh, just depends on how, you know, what mood I'm in. I don't want to answer that question. That's probably my question because I, I have the, I fight this fate and destiny thing all the time. Like in my mind, I'm thinking you're a good dude. You are, man. You're like one of the best people I know, Sean. And like for, I don't know if you had a drinking problem before, you know, or you just had one night out or oh, whatever. I was a, no, I, I was a raging alcoholic at that time. So I had to, okay. something had to happen. But you know? my point is, is like, I hate the fact, this idea that things need to happen to people. Um, like there needs to be some type of suffering for people to change. Right. But then again, uh, that's that whole destiny fate. It could just be cause and effect, man. You know what I mean? But the the fact is, is that you had a near death experience and I want to hear about it. But first, before we get into that, like I need to know, was it a good experience or did it scare you or what? Cause I got to prep people for this. I got to prep people. Yeah. Well, it started. Well, since it's uh, 69 days in or 68 days into writing this, I ain't even scratched the surface yet. Now, where are you writing that, some, by the way, so people can go check it out? Uh, well, I'm not uh, blogging. I'm blogging, you know, what you know, basically what I'm writing about uh, over on my YouTube page, Chasing the True Sean G. Uh, I'll do a daily, this is what I wrote about, you know, uh, summary kind of deal. And there's 68 days of that i look back at that and we'll have to get into how i perceive time now after the near-death experience it's just wild how i perceive time but 
you know, 68 days of me writing day after day and okay. 200 some pages into it. I haven't even begun to tell a story. Sure. I think I'm going to have multiple books of them. Uh, out of this thing. Good, good. That's that's great, man. So, since we only got three segments here, you're back, uh, or three more segments. You put yourself into the hospital, and then what happens? Uh, let's see. After I said my goodbyes to my brother and sister, because at that time when uh, the friend of mine that I knew for a while, you know, the surgeon, said, "Hey, you're going to." more than likely, you know, have a better than a coin flip of dying. You know, I already assumed I was going to die. <laughs> so, so I, uh, at that point, I said goodbye to my sister. I said goodbye to my brother. And I said, Hey, uh, bro, I've got a, a life insurance policy. It's in your name. You know, you're the beneficiary of it uh-huh. and told him how to get, you know, how to get it and all that kind of stuff. So I already knew that I had all that covered. And then uh, the drugs started working on me. And I said a quick prayer, said, please forgive me for all I've done. And I went out. After that, I went into a void. A void. A void. The only thing there was my thoughts. Whatever I could bring in, whatever, nothing tangible was with me. Not my body, not being able to see, yell, scream, or anything. That's kind of what uh, Dan Lopez talked about when he had a pretty bad experience with alcohol, too, and said he heard himself screaming or whatever, or he thought he heard someone screaming when he was in this void thing and then woke up and it was him screaming because he said it was just this kind of like what you're talking about, man. That's spooky. So you, could you see I, anything? I tried, I tried to scream, but I couldn't hear myself scream. I couldn't hear myself breathe. I couldn't feel my pulse. I couldn't feel anything. It was just my you know, consciousness there. Nothing. Absolutely nothing there. Other than just my thoughts. Dude, I'm not trying to make a joke out of this, but you sounded like uh, the rock monster on Fantasia. The nothing. That's what it sounded like, dude. Was it? That's how it really was, though. Wasn't it? There's nothing there. Huh? <laughs> yeah, it was. It. I. Yeah. That was literally it. Uh, I. I couldn't tell you how many years, eons there, and then it was just over like a snap of a finger. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So you're telling me that you went to this place and you spent years in this place? Yeah, I felt like it. Bro, that sounds like absolute torture. Uh, no, not torture. Uh, I mean, it were taught you... me a le- it taught it taught me a lesson of what what was meaningful, what actually was valuable. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I could go. We can go over three or four hours of the, just talking about yeah, well, what we'll that just, experience was. We'll we, just do this. Like I can part touch on it, and thing, we can. You know? Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll go through. Uh, what I brought along with me was, you know, who I loved, who, um, all the thoughts and stuff, all the bad stuff. I didn't, you know, I kind of went over everything uh, in my head. But after the void, some other junk happened, which, you know, we can get into another segment. 
Yeah. Right, make that an entire segment. So the point is, is when you went in, you, you don't remember transitioning into the void or anything. You just, no, it was, it was, it was like I fell asleep and then I woke up into a void. And, uh, the weird thing was, is I could feel my consciousness, uh, enter and leave this void is like i fell asleep in the void wake up in the void fell asleep in the void wake up in the void uh wow. if that makes sense does it make sense yeah so you are aware that you're you're conscious but yet you yeah know, i'm aware what about like your senses though you don't feel anything see anything or nothing I mean, nothing. nothing that's so weird nothing. and uh actually i live in a haunted house and before I, before the, the near death experience, I was kind of scared of this freaking house. Now I don't have any problems with it whatsoever. So, yeah, well, you know. I, I mean, I can, imagine, I can imagine after going through something like that, you know, um, man. So, okay. All right. So we're going to, yeah, we got to take a break here, but. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. I got questions, and I'm sorry, but I'm so fascinated with the subject. You I, get, can, I get overwhelmed. You can jump in. You, know? you uh, don't, you know, take the gloves off and ask all kinds of questions. I've got a, a pad and a pen here just, just in case you remind me of a memory I haven't remembered yet. Okay. So. Well, you know what I mean. Like, you know, how you ever like, yeah, you get you, really excited about something and you get overwhelmed and, you, you know, you, can't, you don't well, know I'm giving you carte blanche to ask any question you want to. Awesome. So you guys heard it, right? In the void. That's a weird place to be. And if and we'll uh, probably open the phone lines up to uh, maybe. Yeah, sure. I don't know. I got a lot of questions here. But um, <laughs> give everybody your links to the show, too, before we go into the break, because I want to make sure everybody knows how to listen to your show. You can listen here on Saturday nights, but where else can they listen to it at? Uh, you can over on the dark waters on the uh, YouTube on Saturday nights, dark waters. Uh, let's see where else tune in, not tune in the paranormal radio app on the dark waters channel there too, as long and, uh, your fringe.fm. Love it. That's right. All right, guys, we'll be right back. Short break here. Stay with us. Don't go anywhere. Uh, what time does it air, Sean? Because I'm all over the place. 7, 7 p.m. Central. 7 p.m. Central. Nine. And it goes Usually on forever. Pro- 
Yeah, it goes on forever. I usually just keep on going until I say, well, okay, I, I don't do five-hour shows anymore. I've done a, a couple five-hour shows just based off of you keep calling in and I'll keep answering the phone. <laughs> right, yeah, and you get lots of people call in too, man. People love you. I think you know why, oh, yeah. why people love you, dude, because you're a nice, you know, you're just a nice country dude, man. You don't get upset about nothing. I've never heard you get upset ever. Like on I the don't air. like drama. The, the the thing of it is, I I absolutely despise drama, and but drama <laughs> tries to follow me, and I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah, you know, that's about it. But well, speaking you know, of drama, I'll, the void yeah. sounds pretty dramatic, man. Oh, that yeah the the void. Uh, so you're in the hospital. You go under. You think you might die. There's a good chance you could die. You say your goodbye. Yeah. Right. You mm-hmm. tell everybody mm-hmm. goodbye just in case. Tell your brother you got an insurance policy, you're going to take care of him. That's sweet of you. And next thing you know, you're okay. in a void. And all I remember uh, from before the break was is that you said it felt like you were there for lifetimes. Like years, Absolutely. actually, is what you said. Well, uh, here's a little teaser. Uh, I did not remember that. Well, this this was for another segment you know, later on in the show. The. Um, I remember seeing through the eyes of one specific angel, which I'm not going to name any angel names whatsoever, watching this angel watch stars born and die. And he would, uh, it was like seconds on a a clock to him. So you saw an angel watching stars? I saw through that angel's eyes. What? Watching stars. And it was, this thing was so fascinated by watching the stars, you know, born and then blink out. And it was like seconds on the clock to this thing. But, you know, that's later on. That will, uh, I have trouble with uh, time myself. Time is in fast forward all the time. We might have to do a whole damn show on what happened in the void, you know, you know, like one of these days. Well, uh, sure. Why not? Uh, So I'm, it depends on what you, do you want me to go down? No, I want, like, I want to go through what I want to do is go through the experience that you had. Right. I don't want to spend too much time on, because we don't have a lot of time, but I want to go through the important stuff you know, step by step. And then like when we, when you come back, I'm sure we're going to get questions from more people and we can do shows, but this void, the the experience that you had in the void was pretty profound. It sounds like. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The one thing I could tell you, I was never scared. You know, right before I, uh, right before I went in and uh, closed my eyes, you know, you would think, that hell, I, you should be literally having a nervous break. Yeah, I would think so. I wasn't. I can quite honestly, God help me, I I was not nervous at all. It's like, okay, oh boy, this is it. You know, what's on the other side is coming up. Do you really? remember having emotions at all? Other than just uh, being emotional, talking to my brother and sister. Saying, hey, this is probably the last time I'm going to talk to you. But when you transferred into this place, did you feel anything after? Like, feel anything? 
yeah, I could feel love. I could feel hate. I could feel all the gambit of uh, emotions that you could possibly take with you. Okay. You know, you have hair. So yeah, absolutely. That's all I had. That's literally all I had was remembering what was uh, most precious to me. That's what kept me going. So when we, you know, some of the people we've talked to over the years about near-death experiences, um, you know, they talk about feeling detached from their body or levitating or total serenity, even warm feelings, right? You know, like uh, experiencing heat uh, or dissolving into a presence of light. Sometimes you hear about tunnels and then there's negative experiences that people have. Uh, so let's kind of move past the void and maybe we can come back to it. Okay. I'm sure people want to know, did you go to a place? Was there a heaven? Was there a hell? Like, did you go anywhere? Uh, let's see. There was, oh, mm, I actually wrote about seven gates, right? Seven gates. Uh, I have touched on four of them that I went through. So you went through gates. I would, I describe them as gates, but, uh, like with the void, that was my first gate, you know, you know, falling asleep and then waking up into, you know, it was, yeah, I would say that was a gate, but yeah, there was, there was, there's plenty to touch on. If you Best want to talk about hell, I can talk it, about hell. Right? So don't take me uh, through the gates. The- I want to hear this, man. We don't, you don't have to ask me. <laughs> Just go from where I'm asking you. Like, what are the gates? What was All the right, next? So, gate? Okay. Next, next gate, which I'm currently sort of halfway writing about this. And actually, hold on just a second. I got to write this down. <laughs> something just reminded me of something. Um, the next gate uh, in this void you know, total pitch black. It'd be like being in them. If you're as a splunker and you turn your headlamp off and nothing there. Okay. I see this one eye open up and glowing, but they're right in front of me. What? And it is a reptilian eye. That's not what I thought you was going to say at all. <laughs> and then it, then it slowly closes. Here's the caveat here. There is another guy that I am aware of. I've got his number. I've left him a voicemail. He's got this damn eye tattooed on the back of his hand. And he had the same experience or part of that experience that I had. I have not yet talked to him yet, but I know he had that. Uh, he had seen these eyes. So, so you saw a reptilian eye outside the void. Mm-hmm. Just one eye. Well, that was the start of it. Okay. The start of it. You know, this is like, uh, like I said before, I would, it was like I'd fall asleep in the void and wake up in the void, fall asleep. And it was like I, you know, all of a sudden there was nothing there. I couldn't, didn't dream, didn't do anything. And then I wake up and I'm like, okay, I'm still in the void. Then this eye pops up, open, looks at me. Then slowly closes and I'm back in the void for, you know, indeterminate amount of time. Then all of a sudden, uh, another eye pops up, not in the same position. 
same reason, you know, like, likewise, there was yellow, green, red, and blue shades of these eyes. It would, one would open up and another one open up and, you know, and then close. And then another one open up and another one. And it was like, I was surrounded by these reptilian eyes. I was in the middle. Imagine being in a snow globe and you're the center point of a snow globe, but on outside the snow globe is all these eyes open and closing. That's so freaking weird, man. That's so weird. I've never heard anybody say anything like that in my entire life. So I'm thinking about heaven, hell tunnels and stuff. And you're talking about a globe of multicolored reptilian eyeballs. Well, then uh, after I'd say by maybe a couple dozen of them, I never, I didn't sit there and keep count of when this actually started occurring. I started hearing inside of my head, you know, or being presented with a life review. Well, not exactly a life review. It's like I'll pop back in. The first story that I actually ever wrote, the very first sentence was uh, being back when I was five years old on a train track in a little coal town called Dunbar, Virginia. Uh, when I was five years old, going down this train track to a little um, feed store to pick up something that my aunt said, hey, Sean, go down there. And I thought I was a big ass little boy, five years old, going down a train track about maybe 50 yards to this little feed store. And this, and I, the memory, which I wrote about, heck, that first day, I wrote like 15 pages on this one memory. Mm. and uh, as I was walking down this train track at five years old, I see this little bent bottle cap, well, Coca-Cola bottle cap. Yeah. I described the bottle cap in the, in the writing bent. And then you can just see the little, uh, rubber seal on the inside. I pick it up and all of a sudden this alien like voice says, why don't you pick that up? So, so it sounds to me like you're taking, you're being taken through a moment in your childhood and these entities or whatever they are asking you why you did certain things. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. It sounds All right. like. Uh, 
it went on forever and ever. And then, you know, at that point I was like, okay, since you know, that's such an intimate, I've never told anybody, hell, I didn't even remember it myself until the the near death experience. Yeah. Our memories are so skewed to begin with. So did it, was it so, was it vivid? Like, yeah, this is exactly what happened. That kind of thing, you know? Or was it skewed, a skewed memory? No, no. It was like I was reliving it. You know, I went through multiple points of my t- uh, life, even to a point where actually in this house, I've told this story many times in my house uh, about the my house being haunted. Yeah. Uh, there is a little uh, haunt. Uh, there's a little lady upstairs that haunts this place. Well, I don't want to and jump I, around too much here. So what happened? No, well, anyway, what anyway, I went, I went the through I, the bottle cap. Yeah. Well, actually, the that first one was the that was the first story I had written in the book or about the book. First few pages that I ever written about the near death experience. Yeah, and that was actually what caused me to stop this particular. Um, I would, I would say onslaught maybe, or just, just stop the, the eyes from so you were asking con- me stupid questions. You were in control of, so when did you become aware that you could stop it? They were in control of it or you were in control of it or can you explain uh, it at all? Well, I was literally a, a, a void up until the point where they started, you know, with the eyes opening and closing, then I would get, to, you know, be propelled into a certain memory. Like, you know, uh, there was this one, <laughs> I'm going to probably date, well, not date myself. I'm going to probably tell a couple of weird things real quick. Back in history class, you know, circa 1983, maybe four something like that when I was 13 or 14 years old in a history class. And uh, I was actually cheating on a freaking test for whatever reason. And I had a, a, a piece of paper that I had pulled out of uh, a notebook and it had all kinds of junk on it. It wasn't, it wasn't my cheat paper at all. Actually, I had a couple answers written on the desk. And the thing of it was, is uh, the teacher comes up to me rips the paper off and then looks at it and says, Oh, I thought this was your cheek paper. And I was like, <laughs> I was in three shades of nervous or 50 shades of nervous and uh, thought I got away with it. And I got another stupid question of why did I use a pencil instead of ink pen? What the hell are they? See, this is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. A near, this is quite possibly the weirdest near death experience I ever heard. So I understand live reviews, whoever these things are, and they didn't ask you, why did you cheat or anything like that? They asked you, why didn't you use a pen or a pencil? Yeah. Yeah. It was the most of the, you know, some of the questions kind of, you know, congruently made sense. You know, why did you have this type of emotion or, you know, like, why did, you know, five years old, pick up a damn bent bottle cap. Well, I'm five years old. It was red. I liked Coca-Cola at the time. And <laughs> okay. So I'm you know, thinking, that, do you like stunt, stun, what is it? Stunt cock is asking in discord. Was it, were you going in between consciousness? Like 
Were you waking up in and out of sleep while you were while this was happening, or were you totally uh, out of your body at this point? Uh, no, I was not in my body at all. Um, up until I started writing the uh, the near death experience, I did not think I'd visit in my body, but I did, and that's a you know hold that over to a letter segment or whatever. No, but but uh, to understand. A near-death experience. Like, did you die in the hospital? Did they have to bring you back during surgery or anything like that? Well, for the first three days, and I actually have friends that took care of me on the ventilator. They said that they literally had no hope for me living from moment to moment for three days. So you were in like a coma or something for three days. I was in in a coma for eight days. Okay. All right. But the first three, they could, I was so sick, they couldn't get a central line on me, which a central line is where they go and cut down and, you know, poke a big, large bore needle IV into, you know, your neck. I was so sick, so shut down that they couldn't do that. I only had one IV, from what I understand, uh, that they was actually, uh, for whatever reason, they put on me, if they didn't have that IV in me, in the ER, I wouldn't have made it. But uh, it took them about three or four days. And I still, I think I still got the, you know, I got scar on my neck from the little puncture hole from the, the, the central line. And then I've got a puncture line on the uh, brachial line. And then I've got one for an arterial line on my right, uh, right arm and stuff. But I was so sick for the first three days. My sister even told me you know, first three days, they said, don't expect him to live through the night. And the weird thing was, is here's, here's a little bit of a, what I have written about. There, I went through alter, alternate timelines where I actually did die. Well, so you were showing your life as if it, as you, as if you died. Right. Can you Absolutely. Take, take me through one? Like, did it show you that you died like after the wreck or? It showed me where I died on the, uh, on the table. And I actually saw death over me at the table, which is kind of weird to explain. What did what death look like? What was that smell? I'm smelling perfume in my, in, <laughs> in my microphone. That's You're freaking weird. me out, bro. Like man, I'm sm- I'm literally smelling women's perfume in my house, and I I am the only one that lives here, and I'm definitely not a woman. I definitely don't wear cologne uh, whatsoever. But yeah, I'm smelling perfume right now. Very heavy perfume. Do you know what kind so, it is? Yeah, it just smells like a woman's perfume. I you don't, don't know, know the names of them or stuff. Okay. No. Well, no, no. Let's just maybe uh, a, a woman is listening. And she's visiting you right now. Who knows? You know, uh, but that's weird. That's freaky. Um, but I want to so, know, like, what this death okay, thing so, looks like. Can you try to describe it? How did you know it was actually? Death? Like, I could it, actually. I have uh, in my blog the blog type thing I do over on my uh, community page on Chasing Through Sean G on the YouTube. I actually wrote probably a few weeks ago saying I actually saw death's face and I can sketch it. Uh, 
it is i'd hate to say this it's kind of kind of uh cheesy but it's a black face you can sort of see features on it of different people different different authentic or uh just different shades of everybody that you ever know in that face. Mm, I got gotcha. you. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That, that makes sense. You uh, see a lot it does of not have eyes. features is what you saw in one face that and had it, lots it was of more, It was features. just morphing. It was just every person that this thing had touched, it morphed into. And one of the things is, uh, Maybe a little bit later we can get into I actually tried to describe what the devil's voice sounded like. So we can get into that a little later if you want to. Well, I mean, first off, you have to understand, like, when people tell me they've had a near-death experience, I've had some few, a few people. I had uh, one really famous guy who went to heaven or hell and all this stuff on the show a while back. I forget his name. But people have... Uh, kind of a regular story. It sounds to me like you got a book here, man. So I don't know how you remember all this stuff. It's freaking crazy. It's weird. Um, but anyways, I'm going to stay on this death thing. When you're asking okay. about like what death looked like, do you mean that like it was different ethnicities, like different colors yeah, of different, people? Anything and everything that this, this, uh, entity, I guess it would be easy to say, touched. Mm. It just, a, I could see it, it was like a Rolodex. One minute, one second, it looked like somebody from Japan. Next minute, it was like somebody down the street from me. You know, even I think I even seen uh, my grandfather's face in that uh, death. Oh, crap. I got to write that down. All right. <laughs> I knew it. I would have to write stuff down. So, yeah, the, I did not feel anything from it. It was not an evil presence. It was not a good presence other than it was a presence in front of me. But uh, that was just one of those alternative, alternate realities. And uh, my current girlfriend uh, I've known for like 20 years was in this alternate reality at the time when, uh, when I had, uh, you know, all this stuff with the leg and the surgery and stuff, we had broke up and, well, I kind of pushed her out of my life knowing that I had uh, a, a pretty severe alcoholic problem and I didn't want her to go through all that kind of crap yeah. with me. So I pushed her out of my life and uh, I saw her go through all kinds of stuff. Uh, And I actually asked her about it. I said, were you in your truck praying for me? And she said, yeah. Oh man, that's crazy. And then I saw her on my grave which I'm not going to go into the great details, but that's where, you know, that's kind of weird to say, Hey, I saw my own grave when, you know, obviously I'm not six feet under, but I seen my grave next to my dad 
which at that time my dad hadn't passed away. He actually passed away on the last day I was in the uh, rehab, three year, three months of rehab. But I saw my you know, laying where my brother's uh, grave is now. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So that's kind of weird. But, uh, you want to go back to uh, death. Death didn't make any noises or anything like that at that time. Uh, later on, he did speak to me, but once. What did he say? <laughs> here's what. Uh, here's one of the reasons why I've I've uh, talked to the people, the two people I've actually shared some of the writings with. I said, "Does this sound like weird? Why, you know?" This thing was over uh, me, and it looks up at me, and it says, I was actually sitting in third person. I wasn't laying in bed. I was with uh, uh, an angel that you know was with me throughout the entire experience, except for the void. The angel wasn't there. Uh-huh. I was with the angel looking, you know, from... <laughs> The perception, here's the weird thing, the perception that I had, the abilities that I had to see from every angle, up close, far away, uh, up underneath, you know, inside, out. It was like being omnipresent, but being able to digest every aspect of that perception, every perception all at once, and just be able to so what are you That's trying to say? Good. You said it like, what did it say to you? Oh, what it did say to me? It looked up at me and said, it's good to see your brother. That's what death said to you. Mm-hmm. And I wrote it and I was like, okay, this is, I was am I tripping here? Did I just. Okay. And I, you know, yeah, that, that's the weird thing. And I get, I hate to get that. Do you I, think just hear me out? I'm not I'm not saying any of this is isn't real because it sounds completely real. But do you think that it's possible that your brain was did they have you on any medications and while you're under like any type? Oh, of, I'm sure. OK, so what oh, I'm saying God, is, yeah, is man. it sounds to well, me you like got, you got you got to you got to remember I was not only uh, I know some of the procedures that they did on me while I was yeah, on the you, you worked they, in the hospital too, so you know. A little yeah, bit so that. I was on all multiple multiple drugs. You know, not only for infections, viral, uh, men, you know, sure. everything that you could possibly get. And plus, 
they were keeping me under medically there after the first three days, four days or whatever, they you know, kept me under. So I was on the, actually, when I woke up uh, about two months into the hospital stay, I literally did not know that they had a fentanyl patch on me, on my back or wherever they had it on me. Oh man. And uh, yeah. And uh, uh, the nurse said, okay, uh, raise up. I got to get your patch off the, off your back. And I was like, what patch? So do your fentanyl patch. Well, like, the reason why I ask me? is this, I'm not doubting your experiences. <laughs> I think you had these experiences, but how you were conscious. What I'm wondering is, is how you were consciously interpreting them. Right. Because uh, if, if you're filtering <laughs> things through your brain and your body's on drugs, it would almost be like you're, you're filtering things. It could be, I don't know. I'm just yeah. assuming here. You know, if you're in a con, we got a, well, one of the, one of the roles that I had, I was over an EEG lab and a sleep lab. So I you know, was pretty well versed on what happens when you're in a coma and sure. uh, how much brain activity you have. So I would dare say that I had almost zero brain activity, if minimal, on uh, the coma level drugs that I probably was definitely on. Okay. So, All right. If, well, let's go know, with that then. Uh, because you know more about it than me. So the death said, hey, good to see you, brother. Damn, I can't imagine things are going to get any more like normal after this. I know we're at the top of the hour, but uh, this has got to be the strangest near death If I could share, if I could share it, what life. I have, yeah, if I could share, which I can't. You know, there's, there's one book I will never share publicly. Actually, I am trying to figure out how I can pass it down through probably about three generations. You're talking about the book you're writing. One book. I'm not, I'm right. I think I'm going to write about six or seven books out of this before I die. Well, I hope some of you got some questions. We're going to do, I I think we're going to do one more segment maybe. And then like maybe the last 10 or 15 minutes of the show, have people call in or whatever. But uh, I mean, this is just the jumpstart here of uh, Sean Graham's near death experience. Don't forget, you can hear a show, too, here, right here on the Fringe FM. It's Saturday nights, 7 p.m. You And it goes on all night, and people call in, and they tell their stories. It's a fantastic show. He's also on Dark Waters at IamDarkWaters.com, too, which is also a station sponsor. We'll be right back. I usually, when I come back from the break, I know how to do a recap, but I honestly... This has been so freaking wild of a near-death experience. I have no idea how to recap this. You know, yet Sean had a wreck. They lost part of his leg. Uh, he had to go back in the hospital from an infection. Slipped into a, a coma, thinking he might die. And has seen reptilian eyes. Had some life reviews. Seen this weird thing that he's calling death that I've never uh, heard anybody explain it like this. You know, Sean, I think we're going to have to do a few shows on this, man. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't want you to spill your whole book into this thing, but uh, just let's, let's, let's go from here. Like, what about love? Well, I've been talking man? about this for four years. I don't think a few shows is going to even, it ain't even going to scratch the surface. All right. So let's, no, man. let's, let's talk about love, right? So when people, when I die, right, I, I think about, well, when I die, the stuff I think about when I think about death is like, am I going to be with the people that I love? 
right? Or am I still going to be alone? Am I going to disappear from all recognition and any records of me ever existing? You know, things like that. Did you get any answers about this stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I definitely saw where all my family were that, that had passed. All the loved ones that had passed, friends, family, you name it. I knew where they were. Did I go and visit them? No, but I knew where they were. And it was, if you remember the perception thing, uh, I could be anywhere I wanted to be. I'll ha- Here's the one, one thing I think about constantly, not constantly, just about every day. The angel I was with said, all you have to do is realize you're there and you're there. So I could be anywhere just with mere thought. It kind of sounds like astral travel or out of body experience or somewhat like that. Can, can you tell me about this angel that was with you the whole time? When did, when did the angel show up? Well, uh, the Coca-Cola bottle, uh, thing, the, the story with uh, my five year old version of myself was actually what sparked the change, which, uh, you know, this probably, will, this is a little bit weirder than the rest of the stories. So, at that time, when I uh, got that question, why did a five-year-old boy pick up a freaking uh, bent Coca-Cola ball cap? I got yeah. pretty freaking mad. I said, why in the, you know, I said, this is the afterlife. Actually, I screamed it out. I said, this is the afterlife. What the F is going on here? What in God's name is happening. If this is the afterlife, why are you asking me about why a five-year-old boy would pick up a, anything, bottle cap, a rock? Yeah, that doesn't toy. make sense to me either. Like, Yeah. And at that time, you know, I was still surrounded by these eyes that were blinking in and out. All of a sudden, all the eyes went away, except for two, often, often the distance attached to a reptilian body. Well, that's so, weird. Well, I've written about this three times. Actually, what? Uh, yeah, I've actually written about this three times. I keep adding to the story once I remember a little bit more about it. So this thing was floating in front of what I perceived as uh a big, huge opal about the size, you know, probably about 25 feet tall, big enough, you know, about a mansion door size, double door size. And the opal shimmered like it, you know, the pearl coat on a, a white car on one of the sports cars. And, you know, you pass by it and, the, you know, the reflection will change the, uh, sure, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. But it was just swirling around like in a swirl pattern of, uh, like a galaxy. Gotcha. I gotcha. That's okay. so crazy. So it, yeah, it was peering into that. And I don't, I don't think we want to go down this, this part. No, 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 was, but we, but, uh, but we yeah. might, but let, let's take this phone call over here real quick. Cause I'm curious to what the audience has questions for you too. It's like four zero two looks like uh, Nebraska area. Who are we speaking with? Who's in Nebraska? What's up, Joe? It's Brian, man. What's up, Brian? Hey man, I'm at work. I was just like working away listening to this show, and I had to like jump out and come outside call because I totally got the hit on the on the perfume. 
like almost be- right before he said that. When he smelled um, it? Yeah. Yeah. Almost, you know, it was like at the top, at the very top of my nostrils, like inside. It was really strong. Um, I got that and I got, um, I've seen the eyes before that he's talking about. I don't know that, I don't know, maybe I didn't hear it right, but um, I've, I've seen them. They're not a, it's not a negative. I think um, sometimes when you're just kind of getting that far out there, I think some things kind of like wake up. I've seen like, a lot of them all at once. And then I've seen some really large ones and I've seen some, you know, smaller ones and stuff like that. But they, they always kind of look tired. They look like, like lazy eyes, you know, and they're like, like a gigantic, like 30 foot eye. And it just like, it's opening its eyelid. And it just kind of <laughs> looks at you. Did, did, did it look like yeah. that to you, Sean? Like lazy eyed, maybe? No, no. No, they they weren't lazy eyed. Uh, actually, what I'll have to do is I'll text you the tattoo of the dude's back of his hand. That is about the closest re- uh, representation I could possibly give to you. Sure, what it look like. Well, Brian, I know you got a good question yeah. for Sean. You have to, man. You got a question? You know, for Sean? Uh, I don't. I don't know that I have a question. I some of this stuff started happening to me early early in the beginning of my stuff. So I know there's a lot to go through. Um, and you know, just from our other conversations and stuff, sure. I know that, uh, there's, uh, there's lots of stuff out there. You know, I don't, I don't know. A lot of people get kind of weirded out by it, but I nothing has ever happened. That's been negative. I know that there's a lot of links to, you know, the whole psychopomp, activity that goes on out there, especially if, if you've had near death. I mean, if you've been over and back, I think you kind of have a signature. So, and that signature can kind of prompt some other things to happen. But, um, what he said, what, four or five years ago, this happened. Yeah. Uh, it's Six years ago. Yeah. 2015, right? Or around then 2015, 2015, yeah, November, November 27th, 2015. Yeah. 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 I'd be, uh, I'd be, uh, paying attention and really, um, be kind of sensitive to the, the whole, all the, everything that happens from here on out, because a lot of times this stuff starts up and you just have links to things that don't make sense. And sometimes it, it doesn't make sense right away. And then later on, it kind of all starts putting it, all the pieces start coming together. So, yeah, that's the reason anyway, why I'm running the book. Yeah, but I, <laughs> right. I got the hit. I got the hit on the perfume, like, like I'm still, I'm still smelling like it right man. before. I, yeah, I was I smelling it right before the show. Actually, does anybody that's know what kind of perfume this is? What flavor? All right, it smells like you a grandmother's know, perfume, but not. not <laughs> it smells like grandmother's perfume. It smells old. It smells old. I want to say like a a lavender or something, but at the same time. Let me say this too. I would get hits on um, odors, flowery kind of smells early on when I first started doing the shamanic work. And when that stuff would happen, I would always ask people if they smelled that. And people would just tell me that that's, that's specifically for you. So if you notice that, if you notice that, at some other time, 
then that's probably the link. And it'll come through differently for people. Different, you know, different people get different stuff, right? I'm not saying I know everything. Just what sure, sure, yeah, has yeah. been told to me because I had the same. I had the same kind of. I don't know. I'm sorry. You sound like you're in a wind tunnel, bro. Like, what's going on, man? I'm sorry, man. I'm at work. I'm outdoors, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'd sneak out and make this call. <laughs> yeah, I got you. I got you, brother. But yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's good but to yeah. hear from you, man. You got like, me all excited. Well, you should, you yeah. should call in to Sean's show on Saturday nights and, and when he gets to talking about it, man, because I feel like you guys could talk about some cool stuff. But, yeah, that's that's pretty loud, brother. It's cool that you called in to work, though. Right on. Right on. Yeah, I think, um, and as far as the, the whole link to you know, the afterlife and, and all of that stuff. I think it's all, it all starts filling in. And once you've mastered, I think once you've kind of, I don't know if we ever mastered, but once you get it all kind of sorted out with yourself, uh, then a lot of things start coming in and you're able to actually do this for other people that are, that are over there whoa. and you'll get hits on that. So, all right, I better get, I better right, get. Thanks for the call. Yeah. Appreciate it, bud. Yeah. Well, that's cool, Brian, to call in, even though the wind was covering his voice. I think people want to call in, you know, when they they have an experience to like he can relate oh, to what you're talking about, you know. So I have talked to sixteen near death experiences. Well, I probably twenty that say they've had four or five of them. I'm kind of on the fence whether they did. Much. I'm not going to drop names or anything like that. Yeah, I understand but, that. Yeah, so. I do the yeah, same thing without a body experience because people are like, "Yeah, dude, I I was lucid dreaming one time and I did." I was like, "That's not the same thing, man. Like, <laughs> it's not what I'm talking about." But but I get what you're saying. So let's let's go back to the angel, man, because I forget. I think I don't know what distracted okay. me. But how did this the, angel show up? It was beside. Okay, you. so the angel after you know, the, actually that was the third gate. Uh, going through this opal was the third gate. Okay. And um, once I entered this opal, which, you know, with, long story short, short, entered this opal. And um, it was like my senses exploded. Everything was overloaded. I was on fire. I was on, uh, I was in the middle of an iceberg planted in the middle of the iceberg. Acid was on my skin. I couldn't see because it was too bright. I couldn't hear because it was too loud. Or I was just deaf, deaf as a doornail. Uh, the whole uh, gambit of every sense that you ever could have on either end of the spectrum. I was going through. It's like being in the middle of New York City for the first time. Waking up. Your you know. senses are just like overridden, right? Like. Yeah, it was just overridden. And I I remember being in a fetal position. And then all of a sudden, I kind of got used to it. You know, I don't know how long it was. And I wake up and I'm definitely not where I was. Not uh, not surrounded by eyes or void or anything. Mm. Uh, The place had form, but then again, it didn't have form. And then this entity which you know i kind of i'll have to go through the explanation of what this entity was very familiar like i knew this entity absolutely knew this entity and it was from this point forward it was not a vocal vocalization except for 
a couple times, which, you know, don't have enough time to talk about all the times that okay. changed the vocal, but it was, it was more like an exchange, instant exchange of ideas, uh, first person, you know, Hey, this is how I live. Boom. There you go. I have multiple lifetimes that were not my own that was shared with me. Um, but this angel, which after I explained to people, actually, I got a uh, going joke with one of my friends. I nicknamed this angel Bob, which I now know what this angel's name is. And I'm not going to share the angel's name, but it's like, uh, you know, somebody that you love for years and years and years, and you've got your back to the door and you're in the room by yourself. And this loved one walks into the room and you feel that loved one. Oh, you know cool. who it is. You know, you know who it is. You don't have to see them. That was the, uh, at that point that uh, up until I started writing this book, I did not remember the angel's name. Up to that point, that was the angel's name to me. So, all right. All right. So this is really cool. So the angel that showed up, you're telling, you're kind of explaining to me what it sounds like is that it was more familiar than familiar, especially when it comes to love. It was, I knew this angel for eons, more or less. Yeah, because that's there are so many profound texts uh, as far as the mysteries go, and even astral travelers like Monroe and all these people that talk about uh, what's called your holy guardian angel or an angel that's always been there to to overwatch you specifically, you know. It's pretty crazy. Well, here's what the angel said to me. I'm here to help you remember. Remember what? Who and what I was. And what is that? What <laughs> What did he tell you you were? Or what was it? Well, it, 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 I haven't finished writing the book yet. So, or the books. Uh, the thing, the thing of it is, is I was so perplexed. That was one of the uh, things I remembered, and I, I first when I first started talking about this. Yeah, it was like I, I was like, I have no clue why this angel said I, I'm here to help you remember. It's like, well, I'm here to you know get you used to being in heaven. Yeah, that would be a simple, easy answer. But why would it say I'm here to help you remember? And then later on, I figured out oh, that I had multiple lives, multiple you know, reincarnations. I know that sounds kind of weird since, you know, no, I profess to be a Christian, but uh, a lot of Christianity doesn't believe in uh, reincarnation, but I absolutely do. So, uh, Let's just let's stop right here just for a second. Your whole let's take your whole experience while you're in this coma. You're okay. telling me that if you wrote four books about what happened, you probably still wouldn't be enough information. Enough. Well, um, I have been shown my future in this life and the uh, future of the next life. And really? I have, yeah. Uh, Actually, I wrote a little bit about it today, but not too much. Um, I will be writing up until the day I die. And I don't know how long I'm going to live. Have not been shown that yet, but 
So how yeah, can you remember all this stuff? Like, or does it just honestly, come to I you? I don't know. It just comes to I, you. Honestly, I don't know. I, like I said uh, in private with you, is like when I start writing, is like, holy hell, how the hell did I not remember that? Yeah. It was so, uh, last week I wrote about uh, three or four angels. And then it was like, I remembered so much stuff that was so huge. It was more than I had ever remembered before. You know, just put what I remember before that instant. I remembered all that stuff about the angels. Okay. Well, then. Yeah, put that put that little bit that I remember before in a corner and fill the rest of the room up with what I just remembered at that point. Okay. So then. We could definitely say from your experience that there's there is a heaven, right? There is multiple levels of heaven, multiple levels of hell, oh, <clears throat> some in between. Uh, I honestly think that uh, I'm not trying to say that the Bible or any kind of holy text is wrong or anything. I think it was is more or less a highlight of our of humans' experience with God. It's a highlight and saying, "Hey, you know, th- I had this vision of heaven, or I had this experience with whatever," and that was their highlight. That makes sense, actually. I mean. It has to be no. deeper and, and more complex than that. And honestly, now that I think about it, I have listened to a lot of near-death experiences, and they, a lot of them say the same things. But to me, this sounds... With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. A, a bit more realistic in the sense of out-of-body travel because it's just wild. You're per- so, so just so we can recap here, we know your perception isn't the same as far as your your ability to perceive things like you're you were able to perceive things from all angles and your your view of time has been skewed right like right absolutely it's even skewed now isn't it i would think yeah well let let me explain what the time exists there on that other side but it doesn't have the hold that is it's incrementally progressing forward here you know always ticking forward there it's like uh being inside of a whirlwind but having control of the whirlwind you can able to spin it one way spin it the other way up and down left right back and forth at your mere whim you could be back in time forward in time or multiple points of time at the same time 
there are times when I've been writing that I see three different time periods at three different locations or multiple locations more than I'm just picking a, a, a random number. Yeah. And is you know, the, the joke of, of a dog looking at a squirrel. Right. I'll have those. I'll, I'll have. I'll be experiencing something in my memory, like I'm first person experiencing it, writing about it, and all of a sudden, something else happens. I'm like, "Well, I'm in three different places. How the hell did I've actually asked a couple of people? I said, "How the hell did I write about that?" <laughs> you know, three different things happening. Same, or four, five, six. I think I've got up to about seven. Uh, different occasions or seven different things happen at one time that I can sort of grasp that I had them at the same time and know I was at the, those seven different points of time, place, or whatever you want to refer to them as. And, you know, like, okay, which one did I write about? They're all pertinent. I experienced it all at the same time, or it seems like I did. So this is a problem for you writing the books too, because you don't, it's like, Hey, start from the beginning to end. And since you went into the void, it all just kind of, well, and, and you know, I think that's good. You should just write period. Just write. Well, uh, you know, like I, I said, off, uh, off air that I got a friend that said, write without rules, you know, brain vomit as much as you want or can. And I have not quit brain vomiting. You know, is it dyslexic? Hell yeah. Well, I look at the, the files that I've got. Last last thing I've got, uh, I think you got like 60 some different files with 60 different points of view of uh, writing. Each one of them could be one page up to 50 pages of text. And I'm still writing and I'm still going, well, I, I wrote about this and I'll shuffle through and say, well, did I write it here or here? And I said, ah, screw it. Let's start all over again or start writing from where I saw this again. So I know that's, you know, it's kind of hard to follow from a perspective of somebody listening to me and saying, okay, Sean, what are you talking about? And that's what I'm having problems with writing this stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to keep up because people like, you know why? Because people want to hear stories in linear fashion. You know, that's why. For some reason. Yeah. Um, that That's the hard part because I was, you know, before I started doing these open lines and stuff, I, you know, occasionally I will just sit down and start doing a, a, a podcast or a live feed or whatever and say, okay, I'm just going to talk about my near-death experience. I've done that half a dozen times and talked two hours, three hours straight in a row, not take any calls, and just keep on, you know, say, okay, ask me a question. What about the near-death experience? And I'll answer the question, and it may take me five minutes. It may take me an hour to answer that question. But sometimes it helps me right. That's why that's the reason I do the uh, blogging on uh, my community page over on Chasing Through Sean G on YouTube. Some people ask me some questions that well, sure. like I never thought about that, and I was like, "Holy cow! All right, well, I got something else to write about now." Well, uh, we're going to get into some more questions here. So far, it's been pretty fascinating, actually. And uh, I can't wait to go check it out even more. We got uh, this is the shortest break of the night. We'll be back with uh, Sean Graham here from Chasing the Truth. 
You can check out the show here Saturday nights on the Fringe FM or check out Chasing the Truth with Sean Graham on YouTube uh, or go to IamDarkWaters.com. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Fringe Late Night starts at 7 p.m. Pacific and goes all the way till 1 o'clock in the morning Pacific. Five nights a week. And then in Saturday nights, we still have more Fringe Late Night. Here we got Sean Graham as the host of the Saturday Night Show. The wildest near-death experience I've ever heard of in my life. And I know you get tons of questions. I tend to just want to hit you with the hard questions. I'm very excited to hear that we have a holy guardian angel, so to speak, or an angel by uh, your side or anything. He said that he was there to help you remember. And, uh, you know, the classic question, is there heaven or hells? And you said, well, there's multiple layers of heaven and hell. It all makes sense to me, man. Well, so... I, at all this weirdness, Sean, I I would have to ask you, just uh, what it, what is the most? Let's just jump to it. What's the weirdest thing out of the whole experience that you still that boggles you that you can't wrap your head around? You know, there has to be something that's even too strange for you in this whole experience. Mm. Why am I here? You know, to sit here and look at the sheer. Car, yeah, the cars that was stacked against me to say, okay, why is a one-legged guy sitting in a wheelchair having a discussion with Joe Root about a near-death experience? How the hell did you get there? I should have been dead a ha- six years ago. Yeah. In the, in the story. You know, I look at that point. But a uh, couple of things that, I, uh, that come to mind. At the end of my, uh, right before I left heaven, I hear this. I argue with God about eight people. That's probably the strangest thing. But I still contemplate why, which I've answered the question, which I can't get into right now because I just don't have enough time. Uh, I argued with God to come back. And God wanted me to go on past this uh, seventh gate that uh, I haven't even touched on. But I argued about eight different people. I know right before I started writing the book, the books or started writing, you know, the brain vomit stuff, I did not know, but four of them hadn't met them and didn't know who they were. I just knew I argued about them. I know all eight now. Two of them I have not met, but I know who they are, where they are, what their names are. But. At that point, when I, you know, God was like, okay, you need to go on, Sean. You know, all you have to do is just wait just a second, and they'll be all here, and their life will be complete, and they'll be here with you. And then I just said, no, I got to go back. Then I felt God's hand on my left shoulder, and I heard him say, not not just by, you know, uh, mind speak or anything like that. I heard him say, this is going to hurt. And then I went from being in a place where it was so serene. You felt love. There was no pain whatsoever. I felt the deepest bone cold that you could possibly ever feel. And then fall for days. I had the sensation of falling into a void. Where all this freaking stuff started. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, 
But, so you fell for days, right? I, I mean, fell I would think for days. I would think after yeah. you know a half a day, I'd be like the hell with it, man. Let's let's end this thing. Like there oh, it, it, well, uh, shit. Now I gotta write that down too. I gotta write about that one. It's right? it's it's, <laughs> it's just weird. Like everything you're saying has weird depths to it all. Which I mean, come well, on. I got like to now. Now I got to write about falling. What I went through my head and falling. So, uh, get to me later, and I'll probably you know a few days later I'll probably have something written about that. All right, cool, cool. All right, so I fall for days, and I wind up smacking into what I perceived as a body of water in a void. But I'm not wet. That's that's the weird thing. So here I am floating in this body of water, cold, like uh, uh, last week's taters. (laughs) 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 Kind of weird. That's an old uh, cowboy story reference. Cold like last week's taters. But um, I'm I can hear the the water around me. And then I hear a breath. Now, this is the I've answered, I've answered this question to myself already, but uh, for the folks that you know are listening or never heard this part of the story, they've probably heard it if they've listened to me before. But uh, I hear this breathing, and at that time, here I am. I went through all this vast experience I just had, and I was like, oh, fuck it. All right. What are you? I ain't afraid of you. What are you doing? And I hear this voice, this demonic voice, say, I've been with you your entire life. I've been waiting for you to come back. A demon voice. Now, it was like a bestial. A like it, A beast type voice. Okay. Bestial voice. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Bestial. So, and, uh, I've had experiences with this particular thing after I came fully back, uh, from waking up after I've had dreams of it since then. And it's kind of weird, but you asked me what the weird thing I had uh, totally wrapped my brain around. That's one of them. You know, there's multiple layers of it there's one um i have spoke about a few times in uh, you know blogging what i've written about you know like the what the uh satan's voice sounds like like lucifer lucifer's voice whatever you want to sure. do in that thing so you know this is one of the things that people have asked me more questions about i've talked about hey i've heard god's voice nobody really wanted to hear what god's voice sounds like or, you know, a death voice or anything like that. Well, as soon as I said, what did Lucifer's voice sound like? You know, everybody asked me about it. I was like, all right. Imagine being in the middle of a stadium. And this, I'm explaining what uh, the devil's voice sounds like. And there's every age group that's there from Multiple, not just one, you know, you got multiple, you know, kids, multiple, you know, teenagers, every age that you could possibly have every, uh, 
You heard all those voices? You hear all these voices at once. You know, elderly up to the point you're about ready to die to a baby crying, to screaming them out, to crying them out, to, you know, being elated. Every emotional stage from, you know, being the ultimate pain that you ever could possibly be in to, you know, have an orgasm. All saying the same thing at the same time. In a stadium pool of it, like if I said, my name's Sean Graham, all of these voices are saying the same thing in every you know, state of elation to displeasure. Did, uh, did the demon sound like, my name's Sean Graham? Was it that kind oh, of beastly? No, it was worse. <laughs> No, I'm talking about the uh, Lucifer's voice, not the not the beast voice. The beast oh, okay, voice I got you. Yeah, so so yeah. Lucifer's voice sounded like all the voices. Yeah, Lucifer. Yeah, you know, the other one was kind of you know, sounded like cinematic kind of stuff. But well, know, that but, that makes sense because Lucifer's supposed to be like in everybody, right? So that kind of makes sense. This is the trippiest stuff I've ever heard, bro. I'm. I'm I've done over 800 shows and this is by far the trippiest and craziest thing I've ever heard. You realize that, right? Well, I hope, uh, I hope I'm being a little bit entertaining, but it's not, <laughs> it's not, it's not entertaining to me to, uh, other than, uh, this is what I uh, meant to do. Actually, uh, right before the, we came from break, I was telling you what kind of funk I was in yeah. Didn't break until I said, Yes, God, I will start writing. I thought, you know, part of my, uh, I guess, promise was to start talking about my near-death experience, like with on this podcast, radio show, whatever. Sure. That wasn't it. It wasn't it. That was just a piece of, you know, when I started saying, yes, God, I will write this book, everything changed. I mean, when I... uh, when six to eight days ago, when I started writing this freaking book, I was in the the worst funk I could possibly have ever put myself into. Besides being an you know, alcoholic that was didn't give a half a damn about myself, but as soon as I did this meditation and uh, was before God, which that was, I hadn't been in uh, that kind of state for about four years maybe a little bit longer. And I said, okay, God, what do I need to do? I said, well, complete your promise. I said, well, I'm doing this podcast radio show. What do you want me to do? Write it. Is that what you want me to do? Yes. Complete your promise. As soon as I said, yeah, I'll start writing. I broke from this meditation, trance, sleep, whatever you want to call it, woke up to three emails saying, Sean, I w- uh, the night before I did a two-hour show on just my near-death experience. Okay. Yeah, I had, you know, it was this raw format, like I'm talking about it right now. And um, as soon as I woke up from it, I had three emails saying, I would love to help you write this book. Yeah, I think you I need some help, bro, to be honest with you. Like, well, if, I've you got, got, <laughs> if you got a lot of jam-packed stuff in there, 
Uh, I've struggled all night long to keep this on some type of linear story, right? So what I'm telling you is, is this must be jam-packed with stuff so much that you probably do need some help writing a book. You know what I mean? I oh think- yeah, I've got plenty. I've got, uh, I've got like, uh, actually my girlfriend was a, uh, English major. There you she go. She knows how to write, but I've had other people that have published books. Uh, Steve Stockton has put me, uh, in touch with some, some folks or give me the contact information about publishing and whatnot. So, I am not ready to even begin to say, yeah, I'd like to go through some of this stuff and see what I can piecemeal together. It'll be easy to, to, you know, if I wanted to, to just go through the 200 some pages and put together, you know, 150 pages or whatever, I could probably do that right now. But why? You know, I ain't even, I ain't even freaking touched it yet. Yeah. Stonecock wants to know what did God's voice sound like? Yah's voice sounded like, um, nature. Like nature. Sounds about the, everything that you could possibly, the silence of nature, the birds chirping, roaring animals, you name it. All, uh, it's, it sounded more natural. It did not sound, uh, like it was pushed through something. It was just uh, like everything reverberated that was around you. That's what God's voice sounded like. Gotcha. Okay. And now, um, have you ever had anybody come to you, Sean, and just say, you know what? I think you're completely full of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had a guy, had a guy that I interviewed uh, about three years ago mm-hmm. about some pyramids and stuff. And I told him about it, about it, said, I don't believe that you had this experience. I was like, all right, no big, no big deal. <laughs> At least he was honest, right? At least yeah. He's up front. Yeah, I was it? like, all right, buddy. Yeah. And uh, I actually, I've asked this question and a couple other people's asked me this question. So what, uh, what if they don't believe you? I said, well, here's the, here's the caveat here. I'm writing this for two people that I have not met yet. The rest of the people that will read the book besides those two people. Okay. I'm writing this for two people. Well, I can't, Sean. I can't. I can personally say I can't wait till it's done. Because no matter the two people that you're writing to, I want to hear it. I want to read this thing. Although I'm a little creeped out, to be honest with you, about a few things. You know, uh, everything that you've been through so far that you've talked to us about seems a little just insane in a way especially the time slips you know i've always wondered what it would be like i've heard about this happen before too when people have near-death experiences or they go out of body or sometimes people smoke salvia and it happens where they're gone they feel like they're gone forever but when they come back they were only gone for like five minutes or something to me that's a weird phenomenon that i don't understand yet it's really freaking so, me. When I woke up from this coma in another hospital uh, in another city, in uh, where, where I spent three months of my life, kind of recovering from having a, my left leg amputated twice, actually, at a below the knee and above the knee amputation, I woke up 
And first thing comes out of my mouth, how long have I been gone? And one of the nurses, you know, here's one of the nurses said uh, about 10 days. And I honestly thought I should have been a 80 year old man at least. Yeah, I felt like you've been in coma for years, huh? Yeah. When when they said ten days, I said I can't believe I've been gone that short of a time. Then the oh I, you know I was under evaluation of a new physician, so they you know had me off of the drugs that I was on, uh, wherever you know, the ICU place wherever I was before. So I was in a ton of pain, and then these nurses started praying over top of me. Kid you not. Swear to God, they started praying over me. Oh, that's awesome. So, um, I've actually wrote about that, wrote about that, which I need to write some more. That's really comforting to know. And, you know, we only have a couple minutes here left, too. So uh, I want to thank you for coming on and me answering these questions, Sean. I like try it. I know you kind of preempted me, too. You're like, man, there's so much. It's not real linear. I'll try my best. And dude, I think you did great. I, I I wish I had 12 more hours to ask you a lot of questions. However, if people want to hear more, they can go to your YouTube channel, right? They can listen to the show on Saturday nights. They can check out some of you. Actually, I got, about I've this. got three. So. I've got three shows. I do a Saturday night show over on the dark waters and the fringe.fm. I've got one I do Wednesday night it is more like copy and paste of the Saturday night show, but same format. And then Friday, I do a different type of show where I've got two co-hosts that are both uh, psychic mediums that I call uh, uh, Southern Supernatural. Southern Supernatural. That's pretty cool, brother. Oh, yeah. Uh, two wonderful ladies. Uh, Tina Bice and uh, Danielle Borzan, both fantastic ladies, both very gifted, uh, wonderful to talk to. Uh, I call them my sisters. Uh, incredible insight these two have. So it's, cra- it's crazy that uh, all this is coming together. It's coming uh, after I started writing this book, my life changed dramatically, like nine day. So. Hopefully, if you want me back on, I'll yeah, talk another. Yeah, we'll definitely have you back on to ask you some more questions about it. And I do go. I do want you guys to go check out Sean's show or his shows. You also go to imdarkwaters.com to check them out there, too. And uh, stay tuned. Coming up next is The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. His show tonight. Y'all ready for this? If the y'all deep late nighters is cultural BDSM three safe word. Yeah. So I get that to look forward to. We'll be back tomorrow night, same time, same channel, right here on Fringe.fm. Good night, y'all. Sweet dreams. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.